Welcome to Dense in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We empower pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madera from WRGN, and I'm here with NEC's president, Dan Nichols. This month, we have two of the Just Cause Collaborative team with us, Megan Kintner and Stephen Hay. Dan, why did you want to do an episode with this team from Just Cause Collaborative? So, Tim, this story starts in a freezing cold city called Buffalo, New York, where Stephen and I met each other for the very first time uh, over a decade ago at a pastor's group, uh, became fast friends, and over the last decade, just really encouraged each other uh, in pastoral ministry in different states. And when he transitioned to become the media director for Grace Church in Erie, uh, I got to contract with him and Megan and uh, their other teammate, Kristen, as well, for a branding overhaul project for my new 220-year-old church. I know that sounds weird, but it's <laughs> new to me. The church is not uh, by any means new. But uh, here in Corland, New York, Grace Christian Fellowship uh, has gone through this uh, branding overhaul project, and they did an amazing job at Just Cause Collaborative for six months working with them. It was just a huge pleasure. And uh, we've invited them to come do a breakout for the Northeast Leadership Summit, hashtag NLS22. And that's coming up on November 5th in Green, New York. And we're talking about redefining success. And by the way, uh, that's our focus concept. We don't have themes anymore because themes are so old school. Okay. We have <laughs> focus concepts now. Just want to start that new trend. So our focus concept is redefining success in digital and tech ministry, specifically with the breakout that uh, Just Cause Collaborative will do. So we're just really pumped. They're coming out to NLS 22 and wanted to learn more about what they're doing with Just Cause Collaborative. Well, that's fantastic. And I want to thank Stephen and Megan for joining us today. I do want each of you to give a little bit of background for your story. So Megan, we'll start with you. Absolutely. Thanks. Uh, well, I'll start with my most important roles for first. Um, I am a wife to a very incredibly supportive and patient husband, Steve, and we run an absolutely crazy household with six kids ranging oh. from 21 to seven. Now the oldest has left the nest. Do they ever really leave the nest though? He shows up for dinner all the time, um, as they like to say, but the remainder, um, f including four teens and a first grader are at home with us. So those are my most important roles. Um, I studied public relations, um, psychology and human resources at the undergrad level, and then went on to study organizational learning and leadership um, at the master's and doctoral level. Um, I've had the privilege of working in marketing and communications for the last two decades, um, which obviously I started when I was 10. Um, but <laughs> I like to say I focused mainly on meds and eds um, for probably the first decade. Um, but I've worked in social services and manufacturing technology. And then, of course, the two topics you're never supposed to talk about at the dinner table, politics and religion. Um, and actually, that's where Stephen and I met when I was working for uh, Grace Church. And so over the years, I've done um, education, worked as a faculty and department chair at a university, still have my fingers in it. I'm still an adjunct at Gannon University here in Erie, go Knights, um, and do corporate training across Western and Central PA. This, um, obviously, uh, this this podcast, we're talking about the Just Cause Collaborative. Um, Stephen and I um, got together about a year ago, um, and I am a partner, and I start, serve as the uh, Director of uh, Strategic Solutions for JCC. So that's wow. me in a nutshell. Wow. Well, I always find that the busiest people are the people that are also the most successful people. I don't know why that is, but uh, Stephen, how about you? 
Yeah, thanks. Um, because Megan is holding me accountable to the correct order of things, I will also start there you by go. saying that I am a husband uh, to my beautiful wife, Nicole. Um, we've been married seven years. We have two kids. Well, we have three boys. Um, when we got, when he was 17, he was part of our youth group. Um, I was a lead pastor, as Dan has sort of alluded to, for the last um, really almost 12 years of my life, I came over to the States from Scotland. So a, Scot- a native of Scotland moved over here when I was 21. I was a youth pastor for a year and four months. And then in God's providence, <laughs> I want to say, uh, they asked me to be the lead pastor at 22, which was absolutely bonkers. And Dan was also a, a young guy having he had no idea what he was doing too. So that's why we became friends because we had no idea <laughs> that's exactly right. what we were doing. Um, by God's grace, I led a, a small church in Western New York um, to health in 2018 and then started to feel a call out of um, that position. Finally left that position for a senior director over the creative department at Grace Church. Um, in 2020, uh, still currently serve in that role, uh, along with the the launch of the Just Cause Collaborative. And so I serve as the Director of Creative Solutions for the Just Cause Collaborative. Well, I am just slightly disappointed, Stephen, that you are squelching your Scottish accent and not, you know, giving (laughs) us the full treatment here, because I'm sure you could. Uh, it's, it's difficult. Um, Alice, Alistair Begg puts me to shame. I met him at a pastor's conference once and, and I turned it on for him. Oh, uh, good. And, and <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard him say he's been pastoring in the States for 12 years. So Tim, over time, you know, it just kind of, yeah, but Alistair Begg still got his. So I know that because <laughs> we carry him here on WRGN. But, uh, as you alluded to Megan, as you were talking, uh, you and Steven came together with the just cause collaborative. How did that happen? Great question. So I was working actually as a senior director of stewardship at Grace Church at the time. Um, and the Scottish guy shows up and they said, hey, here's your new creative director. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so Stephen got hired um, in COVID. I believe quarantine happened the week you got hired. Is that right, Stephen? That's so right. we didn't we didn't know each other at all, but we were interfacing on a couple of very cool projects that uh, Grace Church was working on. And so we got to know each other. Um, he realized that I have my hands in a lot of pots in Erie. Um, in the networking world, I had um, by that point had a business for uh, more than a decade and was working on some, some side projects. Um, and he said, you know, if you ever need somebody to work on these, give me a call. And I think it took me about four minutes and I had you connected with a project that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point today um, and said, yeah, I'd love for you to, to come alongside uh, me with this, this one project. And I uh, kind of grew from there. Um, from that point, we realized that we had passions in the same direction um, for nonprofits, for changing lives. And uh, the rest, they say, is history. Stephen, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, I no, I think you covered it all. That that's 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 about the sum total of it. I think what we did, we realized in 2021, uh, was that all all of the side jobs that we were doing were together, and so I think that's when it really spearheaded the the legitimate conversation. Like, should we actually legitimize this? I, is that a word? I'm not sure. That's a word. It is it's totally it is. a word. Okay, it is. Yeah. Great. If it's not, we just coined it here. You heard it here first. That was a legit legitimization (laughs) of that word. Of legitimize. Uh Perfect. (laughs) Now, uh, you guys actually started this during a time when everybody else was not doing anything. 
that must have been a huge challenge. So as you look back now, what are some of the wins that you saw as you have gone through this process? I'm going to let Megan start. With yeah, it. I'll jump in. Um, so we have had a lot, well, just like any new startup, um, a lot of our focus is on helping nonprofits um, build resources around current systems, um, helping them launch marketing programs. And everybody in, in the marketing field is really in uncharted waters at this point because we're, we're walking through COVID with folks. Um, one of our most prominent clients and one that we're very, very excited about right now um, is a company called Purple One. They're a nonprofit organization that resources domestic violence agencies across the United States with, it's kind of like a microcosm of what we do with resources. So they provide them with training guides and um, campaign materials and things like that. And they had just started this program and COVID hit. And at that point, um, their parent organization, Safe Journey, which is a domestic violence agency, was doing all their trainings in person. And so in the middle of the pandemic, Stephen and I worked with them and are still working with them. They will officially launch in August of 2022. They uh, had to transition everything to to digital and have done so very successfully. But um, just learning to be patient and pivot, um, learning that strategy um, helps you create momentum, but it's not necessarily about following and checking off boxes. Sometimes it's about just having that momentum so that you can pivot a little bit easier. So as you have gone through this, a lot of churches have been struggling with the idea of digital ministry and as they made that that pivot and now we're moving back out of that how do you help them maintain the momentum that they've gained in the digital but also do what needs to be done in the person to person yeah i think that's a really good question um having served as a lead pastor for 10 years and now living in this um in this creative space so my undergrad i didn't mention but my undergrad is in um, basically in graphic design, a minor in project management. Um, I get the privilege now, now of living in the creative space, but having sort of the, um, the perspective um, of the, the small church pastor. Uh, and I think one of the things that I've come to learn really, really quickly, and this is, you know, really one of, one of our strategies and one of uh, our main talking points as we introduce ourselves to, to new clients is that don't be seduced by the shiny things, um, and I think in, in digital ministry, digital spaces, we just, we want our Instagram posts to look the best that they can. We, if, if only we can have the, the nicest website or the, the coolest highlight video. Now, not downplaying any of that. They 100% serve their purpose. Um, but if all we're focused on is shiny things, then there's not going to be any substance underneath that. What we want to do is help lay a foundation. We've noticed with some clients that we've worked with over the years is that we'll provide shiny things, but when we're gone, two weeks later, there hasn't been a training or equipping. So there's a, a, a resorting back to what was, you know, what it was. In, in Old Megan habits die hard, huh? That's, that's so true. That's so true. Um, and so Megan and I both share this um, interest um, in watching, watching things thrive, but we realize that shiny things won't help you thrive. Actually, strategy is, is what, will help you, what will help you thrive. Um, and so that's, that's one of our main approaches as we look at digital ministry moving forward. That was one of the things I appreciated the most and our team appreciated the most about working with you guys on our six-month project was 
you guys didn't just say, okay, here's what we have. Let's just kind of slap it on GCF and see if it'll stick. You guys really took the time to understand who Grace Christian Fellowship is, what's going to work best for our context, and what's going to serve the church that God has called us to serve for the long haul, not just the short term. And I mean, we've seen huge dividends on that just in the last five months after completing our project. I mean, it's amazing the momentum that we have as a church because of the time you guys took to really understand what GCF needed for Cortland, for Central New York, for, you know, what we are. And uh, it's just, it's really blessed us incredibly well. Well, for pastors and churches that are listening to this, what does that process look like when you step them through this? Yeah, I think one of the first steps to Dan's point is really getting to know the context surrounding the church. Um, It's really easy. And I've worked in and Stephen's worked in this area for long enough. If you come in and take them at face face value, we need a brochure and say, okay, here's a brochure. To Stephen's point, what happens is they get the brochure and then the thing that they were trying to fix actually doesn't get fixed. They're frustrated. We're frustrated because we know it can be something, something different. And even if it's not extra deliverables or the shiny things, as we like to call them, um, it's having conversations with what's really going on. Why do you need a brochure? What is this being used for? Who is it trying to reach? We are not a cookie cutter agency and, and they have their place in the ecosystem of marketing and, and communications. We are a relational agency. We want to get to know you. We probably invest a lot of our emotional resources with the teams that we're involved with mm-hmm. because we care so deeply about them. Um, we don't pick everybody. And so um if you, if you are a church listening out there, one of the biggest pieces of advice is as you work with organizations like us to make sure that they're contextualizing it to, to who you are, because every organization is unique. There are some standard principles and practices and persuasion techniques that, of course, we apply and use. But the, the process is really getting to know them, getting to understand what the, the goals that they have are, speaking into those a little bit, sometimes speaking in and doing a little bit of coaching around I know that that's what you're seeing here, but that's really the leaves of a deeper root. And here's just from our years of experience, here's the roots that we're seeing. Maybe some strategies and training around those things might be helpful in the long term. And this is where the strategy comes in. Let's first address those and then build up to to that. And what we found with our our clients that are willing to go through that journey, time and resources are, of of course, a, a thing with that. But when they're willing to do it, the effects are a lot more uh, lasting and they find themselves in a position to be able to serve their congregation better or their clients better. Yeah, I think that's so good. And and just to add to what Megan said there as well, having been a, a small church pastor. Now it was, I mean, it was a church of 25 people. Um, when it when it started by God's grace, we we grew to um, somewhere around the region of of a hundred, you know, give or take the season, and we we all know that we know that strain. When summer when summer rolls around in Western New York, you might be a church of sixty for for a couple of months. Anyhow, um, the 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 tension that I felt, and that have, even having the undergrad and living in the creative space, the tension that I felt all the time was if only I could look like fill in the blank, mm. and then I, and then I want to add that that church that I'm, I'm wooed by, or I'm, I'm aspired by, but we, we cannot forget that Wilson first Baptist church or grace, uh, grace Christian fellowship 
it was planted where it was specifically yeah. by God's providence. Um, and so we, we need to, and this is where we come into it. We, we want to help contextualize the strategy and the creative solutions around your region are whomever you're serving. Um, so if it's a nonprofit space for that, we're, we're doing the necessary work to actually provide results that are going to last. And again, not just designs that look nice. I think the real question comes into like, why are you leading the organization you're leading? Is it to make yourself look good and you to get what you want? Or is it to truly serve the people that you're called to serve? And so even with our highlight video, so the highlight video that just cause collaborative made for us. A lot of my friends who saw it on our church's website, they were shocked. They're like, Oh my gosh. They're like, Dan, like, is that you? Like, is that, you know, cause they're used to the former videos that I would make at an urban church plant in a completely different context, totally different. Right. And I told my friends, I said, look, Cortland, New York is way different <laughs> than an urban church plant. And it's a 220 year old church, but everyone that we've showed that highlight video here their jaws can't drop to the floor fast enough. Like it's crazy just how they feel like it fits who they are and what Cortland needs. And we even saw it this Easter. I mean, this, not that success in church is all about numbers. It isn't, but I think sometimes it can be a helpful gauge. Like last Easter, we had 500 people this Easter, we had 761. And I think a huge boost in that is our online presence. That wasn't just, you know, a stock thing that was used, it was very contextual to who Cortland is and, and what we needed to be to serve the people here. And I think that's really good. I think a lot of times we've, we've experienced uh, clients, churches coming to us and saying, we want that thing that they did. And mm. we talk about that because they, they thought that that thing worked well for them. And, and one of the examples is yard signs. I thought that yard sign that you did for this one, take me to worship campaign was phenomenal. Let's do yard signs. And, and we obviously say, okay, let's, let's explore that. What's the goal with that? And just that thing was part of a huge 15 page strategy that went into that. And it was one <laughs> tiny piece of that yes. strategy. And what, what we caution people against is doing parts of strategies, putting them in place and then going, well, why didn't that work? Well, because you did this piece, not this, this thought through messaging, bringing people through the process. So I think what you said, Dan, was was right on point. Is that what you mean when you say that they're willing to go through that journey with you? It is, absolutely. And just being able to explore and I think do a little bit of introspective look, looking at themselves as a leader, sometimes the, the church as a whole, and being able to kind of peel back the layers. Because it's really easy to say, we need a brochure, we need a you know website redo, we need this, because those are the things that you see on the surface. The journey is really peeling back and asking some tough questions of why. I mean, it's just that progression of why. Why do you need a website? Why do you need these things? And we're not saying that they don't. It's just, let's get down to the root cause and having those conversations. And that's really the, the tough journey. It's it's time and we're willing to do it and ask the tough questions. Truthfulness, right, is is sometimes people aren't willing to to go there. And that's that's okay. That's okay. I think what you guys provide is the coaching, the mentoring, the guidance rather than plug and play. Like plug and play is out there you can find it, but genuine uh, quality coaching, mentoring guidance. That's something that I think is very unique with you guys. And I think we found very valuable and I know many others will too. 
I think people listening will see that uh, you guys love what you do. So my question is why? I love what I do because I understand the struggle that exists with very little resources. Uh, and so I will reference, and it's, it's my main point of reference, but I'll reference back to the small church in Western New York with very, very little resources. I think that's encouraging to hear, Stephen, because 90% of our listeners are there. Yeah, yep. They're in that yeah. small church, less than 150, maybe 200 on the top end. And to hear that there's a guy who understands where they're coming from is helpful. And what I've found over those years, um, even though that, you know, even though I may have had the ability to provide shiny things for my own congregation, and I did, I definitely did. Um, so many times I felt my dreams are the vision for that place wandering or drifting because there was just so much that had to happen. And I realized that that is the case for so many other small churches out there. God either through you planted that church or called you to that church. And in a matter of six months, when the honeymoon period is over, um, that that dream and that wonder and that awe that that moved you there in God's providence can can either be diluted and and in some cases, depending on how hard the season is, can sometimes disappear. Um, and so I love what I do now because you know as we look at all of the nonprofits that that we work with, that's what we're doing. We're saying hold on to that vision, hold on to and allow us to come in and do some of the work in the in the background. Don't worry about the shiny things or the strategy behind the shiny things. Allow us to invest our time in helping you realize some of those. I think that's just, I mean, it's just like the church body, right? Everybody has a role to play. And I think for some of the smaller churches and some of the smaller nonprofits is they feel like they have to be all the things to all the people. And, and while they certainly can, that's not how we're how we're structured. And even, I mean, we would say what we're called to do. And we have all those things that they might avoid the strategy building, the, the thinking through the processes, uh, maybe it's design uh, that they don't look forward to do, or they want to do it, but they don't have the time to do it. Or the, or maybe even just the skills, the technical skills, that's where we get to come alongside and be that part for them. And we love it. The other piece I would add is that for me, going into nonprofits and with all of our nonprofits, we only work with uh, nonprofits that work directly with clients or congregations, with people, um, because we like to see the life change. One of our favorite things to hear is when people come back to us, when churches come back to us and say, you don't understand, just like Dan said, when we showed this to our congregation, when we had new people come in the door because they saw this thing. That for me is an opportunity. We, we don't get to work with them and, and watch them walk through the life change together, but we know that we got them in the door. We know that we resourced that organization so that they could be able to serve them. And that for us is a win. I mean, we share messages all the time about 
uh, wins that our clients are having. And, and that that's what keeps us going. That's what lights the fire for us. Now, as uh, someone might be thinking about listening to what you have said, and you obviously have a passion for what you do, as you walk through the process with them, and once you've finished and you move on, all right, you've maintained contact with Dan after the work you did with Grace, how long does that relationship continue? Forever. <laughs> we, this is what I, this is what I was alluding to before. Um, you know, I've worked with agencies as the director of marketing or head of marketing in a number of companies and they come in, they deliver, they leave. And if we need them again, we call them up because we're so relationally connected to them because we really do get to know them well. Um, we, we hang out. We're, we're very invested in the cause. Um, we will follow them. We support them. We share their things. We, we talk to them about what's going on and we care very deeply about their cause and the people that are involved in it. So I, I really, I mean, I jokingly said forever, but until they kick us out, you're there. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I would add to that as well. So often professionals want to price based on what we can provide in terms of quality that's not our approach. It's, it's, it's all value-based for us. So through relationship, and because we do the legwork, we really know who you are as an organization or as a church at the end of it. And, and when you realize that those roots now exist, um, you, you don't want to go through the hard work again with another, um, another organization or another agency, so to speak, because um, you go, oh, JCC, they know us, you know, they understand our DNA. There's a, there's a piece of the puzzle that they essentially now hold. Um, and, and there's tremendous value to that. Um, and so we're, we're really passionate about that. And I would say, even if, I mean, even if we're not contractually connected to them, because we, we do realize that, you know, six months, a year, we, we come alongside you, we work on the projects that you have, the goals that you've set, we're still we still care very much about them. So we're still connected to them in that way as well. So it doesn't even have to be the contractual connection. We just want to see them be successful. I think that's fantastic. I think that people can even sense that as we're going through the podcast here. And in light of that, I would like to ask you, we'll start with Megan and then we'll go to Stephen. How can we pray for you and your families? Obviously, Megan, six children through yeah, a, a, a lot of going on there. <laughs> And you joke about it, but seriously, uh, no, in, in, in all seriousness, um, you know, we have kids that are um, coming out of school that this is a very heavy testing um, period for them. And then heading into summer, while I love to have kids home for summer, um, it, it just schedule changes and transition. So just praying for that, that transition period from the end of the year into, um, into the summer and, and that everyone has a a safe and productive summer, whatever that means to all of these little humans that run around in our house. <laughs> and how about you, Stephen? It's a great question. And I really, I guys, I really appreciate one, you having us on, but the two, keeping it relational as well and asking questions like this, um, there, there's just tremendous value to that. Um, I would ask you, you guys just to, to be praying for balance. Um, you know, we all run and live um, in busy worlds and usually we're our own worst enemies when it comes to that. And so the busyness is really our fault. Um, but just going right back to the beginning, um, making sure that the the correct order of things um, is balanced properly. And so that Stephen's not forsaking his wife and is, is remembering that his oldest son just started T-ball and soccer um, and that his youngest son is 
just starting soccer as well. And that our foster son who still lives in Western New York needs a call from time to time. So often the busyness of our life can, um, can cause us to forsake those areas. So continue, continue to strike the correct balance. And that's not always easy, but we appreciate your not only desire to do that, but example to the rest of us, because it is something that we all need to do. Now, how can people connect with the Just Cause Collaborative? Yeah, the easiest way for folks to connect is through our website, which is justcauseco.com. Um, and that has, if you want to email us, all of our contact information's in there. Um, and you can also set up a, an appointment with us right through the website. Well, as always, uh, this is about connecting people with the resources and people that can help you in your ministry as we help to lead and launch healthy churches in the Northeast. If you missed the information that Megan gave you, it will all be in the show notes, and you can check that out there. And if something you heard in today's podcast was helpful to you, make sure you share Dense in the Darkness with someone else who might be helped by what we do. 